Greetings, horror hounds. This is Sophie Lynn Shivers. I'm coming to you from Denver, Colorado, and this is Gives Me Shivers, the show that seeks to finger the throbbing pulse of queer terror. It is Thanksgiving Day, and I'm finally getting off my butt and making this podcast that I've been thinking about for a long time. Um, I have a lot of imposter sort of thoughts about myself already, but I'll try to push down that inner saboteur and just let the thoughts flow, I guess. (laughs) Mr. Shivers is in the other room watching the Macy's Day Parade. Um, I'm going to go down to my parents later and see my brother and my grandma, so it should be a pretty straightforward Thanksgiving. What was not straightforward for me this year was Halloween. I was really disappointed in not being my usual spooky-go-lucky self this October. Um, I think I was in my feelings, and, you know, there's always things in this world to be sad about, but it seems like every day there's something awful going on. So I really ignored my favorite holiday, Halloween, this year. I didn't really watch that many horror movies, which is one of my favorite things in the world to do. And I just sort of let it pass me by and felt really regretful about that. So with that in mind, I've decided to declare this winter happy horror days for myself and really watch a lot of horror movies because they make me happy. They help me tune out a lot of the upsetting things in this world. And there's a lot of really upsetting things happening right now, right in my backyard. Um, my people in the queer community and so I just feel like it's a good time to get up and do something. Um, I think I had this quote Stephen DeStabler once said, artists don't get down to work until the pain of working is succeeded by the pain of not working. And I can very much feel that. Sometimes I get more depressed that I don't get started on anything. So let's get started on this and watch horror movies and talk about them all winter long. I've always loved holiday movies in general. Favorites that come to mind are the 1966 Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Uh, The Charlie Brown Christmas special is very important to me and my family, both the cartoon and the music. Um, the Christmas story. I had like a VHS copy of that that my grandfather taped off of cable. I loved a Christmas story when I was little. And, you know, as a 90s kid, Home Alone and Home Alone 2, very impactful. Um, little Women is something that I watch every single winter. The, you know, 90s one with Susan Sarandon, Winona Ryder. Um, that one always gets me. I like the newer one as well, um, but nothing really gets me like that 90s Little Women. It makes me feel very Christmassy. Um, not a lot of horror horror uh, holiday movies are in my repertoire, though. I did love Gremlins growing up, and as like a little goth preteen, of course, the Nightmare Before Christmas um, was a big deal for me and the rest of the Hot Topic goers. But, um, you know, I really didn't, um, when I started deciding to do holiday horror um, and looking up Christmas and holiday-themed horror movies, I haven't seen a ton of them. So 
there's a lot of material for me to get through in the next few months, and I'm really excited to do that. I think it's going to be fun. I do have a letterbox list pulled up of um, Christmassy movies. I'm noticing I'm going to have to watch a lot of Krampus movies. Uh, Krampus seems to have had a moment from 2013 till even the last couple of years. So everybody loves Krampus, and I've never seen a Krampus movie. So we'll be unlocking that can of worms. Um, P2 is on this list. I have never seen that. Again, that's 2007. Um, You'll find about me that I really don't like movies that came out too far past 2003. I really, mostly in this genre, I mean, I should say, there's a lot of my very favorite movies that came out in the 2000s, 2010s. Um, But horror, I kind of took a break from once it shifted to bad remakes and... um, you know, torture porn was really not my bag. So uh, now that it's getting a little elevated, I'm all obsessed again, but still my preference is anything in the 20th century um, as far as media goes. So I definitely skipped P2, but if it has um, kind of like diehard vibes, I don't think I mentioned uh, in my Christmas movies I liked, I really like Die Hard, how it's a Christmas movie, but it's not a Christmas movie. Um, A parking garage horror movie. I don't see how that's on a Christmas movie list. So that should be really good. Um, The Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise is all on here. And that really is what kicked this off for me. Because I saw that Shudder had part two, part three, part four, and part five. They don't even need part one because it's all in part two. Um, I realized after I watched that one. But... Yeah, the Silent Night, Deadly Night cover, um, the original one, that was actually in, even though it's kind of a really controversial film that got pulled out of theaters, uh, it was in my local video store. And I always remember looking at that frozen chin, chimney with Santa's arm coming out and the bloody axe. It was very awesome visual for me, but I never, ever saw it. So now, now I'm diving into that franchise, and um, it's really fascinating now that I'm more into the production history of films and, um, you know, marketing and uh, film history, Silent Night, Deadly Night has a really interesting story. So I'm excited to dive into that. Um, Of course, on the top of this list is Black Christmas from 1974. And that, uh, um, fortunately, I am very well versed in. That's one of my favorite movies. I mentioned how much I like a Christmas story, and I think it's so fabulous that Bob Clark directed in 1974 this Black Christmas, one of the most seminal uh, slasher films of all time, and then makes one of the most beloved Christmas films in the 80s with a Christmas story. So he's a master, and I love Black Christmas. And um, even though I just said I hate crappy remakes of the 2000s, there's a place in my heart for Black Xmas the remake, and I did see the most recent one, so I'll definitely do a Black Christmas episode, kind of loving on all of those. Moving away from this letterbox list, I found my note that has all the things that I was thinking about, so Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise, Black Christmas, 
then you know i might talk about eyes wide shut one of my favorite movies that's kind of a christmas movie kind of a horror movie in its own right i'm gonna go back to gremlins and gremlins 2 i think i might do edward scissorhands that one's kind of christmassy um there's all sorts of horror to talk about in, in, you know, the classic Christmas Carol. It's funny how much horror has always been in the holidays. Um, you know, I think about a lot of Doctor Who specials, the um, Christmas specials are some of the scariest ones. And, you know, all the way back to... Um, a Christmas Carol with Scrooge and all of that, the ghosts that visit him, his creepy partner Marley. So I'm sure there's lots of horrific uh, Christmas Carol routes I could go down. Talked about Jack Frost, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I watched Better Watch Out last year and didn't like it, but it keeps popping up on all these Christmas lists. So maybe I'll give that a try so that's all stuff that i've like seen before but again so many first watches i've never seen anna and the apocalypse 2017 we're definitely doing that uh christmas evil aka you better watch out which came out in 1980 that's gonna be a treat for me because again a lot of this stuff came out post 2000 i i live very much in the 60s 70s 80s 90s by preference when it comes to anything that i watch so it'll be a treat to have a 1980s horror movie like all these silent night deadly nights and you better watch out um talked about krampus and black friday that i haven't seen oh wait black friday 2021 that must be something kind of new that's made the list and i don't even know what it is P2, um, Rare Exports is apparently a thing. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of anthologies. So I think, what are those? Christmas Horror Story 2015, Holidays 2015, and 13 Slays Until Christmas 2020. So apparently there's a lot of opportunity for Christmas anthologies. And if I recall, in the first Tales from the Crypt, um, there's a really campy Christmas one. I think it's called All Through the House um, that we definitely have to do. In fact, maybe that'll be the next one. The Silent Night, Deadly Night series is kind of a lot to tackle all at once. So maybe I'll talk a little bit about All Through the House as like a little mini episode while I'm getting this ball rolling. But yes, there are lots and lots of Christmassy horror movies that I have not seen. So I'm going to be tackling all of those. Um, but I have been doing a little bit of lead work the last few weeks. Um, sorry I'm so stuffed up sounding. I have been sick, uh, and hopefully that'll clear up before I have to record again. But I, um, have been watching some Thanksgiving horror movies. They do exist, believe it or not. Probably a little late in the game by the time this episode gets pulled together, seeing as it's my first and I don't know at all what I'm doing. Um, I will give you these suggestions for next year. 
Blood Rage from 1987 is probably top the list. I'm sure that's popping up on all your little horror feeds and stuff of the queen sitting on the floor in front of the refrigerator eating the cranberry sauce. It's a pretty amazing film, and I didn't want to rush it. So that's definitely, if I continue to be fulfilled by blabbering into a microphone next Thanksgiving, I'm definitely going to promise you a blood rage episode right now um but if you're looking for other little chuckles and um thrills there's poultry geist um i have not seen that it's a 2006 movie but poultry geist night of the chicken dead is a thing um there's the last thanksgiving uh the oath from 2018 Home Sweet Home from 1981, and it's a woman director, so that's definitely a great one to seek out. Uh, Christie from 2014, and then some of the ones that I watched this year, I watched Pilgrim, which came out on Hulu in 2019, which was um, better than I thought it was going to be. I quite enjoyed that one. And then I also watched Thanks Killing and Thanks Killing 3 um, from 2007 and 2013, respectively. Um, I didn't quite enjoy those, but I enjoyed the spirit of filmmaking behind them. And yes, there is no Thanks Killing 2, which is a plot point of Thanks Killing 3. So if you seek those ones out maybe watch half of thanks killing you'll kind of get the gist and then thanks killing three it looks like they really um there's a lot of puppets and things it's 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 interesting well there's puppets in both but i'm not saying they're fabulous movies but sometimes movies <laughs> that aren't that good are some of the most fun to watch so thanks killing is a thing um but what I think so for my actual sort of chit chat, I was going to do Adam's family values because I think that is just pretty much the best spooky um, Thanksgiving movie of all time. And I know a lot of people feel that way too. And in fact, I think the horror queers, one of my favorite podcasts ended up actually doing that (laughs) this year for their Thanksgiving episode. So I could kind of run my spiel on Adam's family values. Um, but I think actually I might do it on the movie Pilgrim since that seems to be a less, um, notice property and I did watch it as a first time watch this year so I think we should jump into Pilgrim from 2019 on this first episode and Thanksgiving episode of Gives Me Shivers So this being the first episode, everything's a little shaky, including the research, so bear with me. And like I said, I just changed gears at the last minute from Adam's Family to Pilgrim. But Pilgrim is um, a movie-length episode of a TV series called Into the Dark that is on Hulu. 
Um, the first season premiered in October of 2018, um, and the seasons are 12 uh, full-length episodes that are feature film length. That's why I thought that Pilgrim was just a Thanksgiving movie, but it is actually the Thanksgiving installment of the second season of Into the Dark. I knew that the Into the Dark branding was somehow associated with Bloomhouse, um, so I hadn't really watched a lot of those because I'm a little biased when it comes to seeing that um, production house on anything, but I'm getting past that. It's not all, all bad. And um, this Pilgrim thing kind of was all right for me. Um, we'll kind of dive into it. I always like to start with where the hell do I know these people from? I'll look at the cast and kind of see if I know them from anywhere. So first up, there's Cody, uh, played by Rain Edwards, um, who is beautiful. And she was a very talented actor. I thought she carried a lot of this movie. If she hadn't been uh, the center of the whole film um, and hadn't been convincing uh, as kind of a at odds with her stepmother, but loves her little brother, cranky, crotchety college kid. Um, I thought she was really, really good, but I do not recognize her from anything else. Kind of glancing at her um, IMDb, it looks like she was on The Thundermans and Casey Undercover, which I think are Disney Channel shows. So maybe she was kind of brought up in the Disney acting school, but um, she's been on some other TV series, and I'd look forward to seeing her some in the future, but I did not know her before this. I did instantly recognize her father, Shane, played by Cure Smith. Um, uh, again, I'm a 90s baby, a, a little uh, middle schooler watching Dawson's Creek, and um, a closeted middle schooler watching Dawson's Creek, seeing uh, the gay character portrayed by Kerr Smith. It's not the greatest representation by today's standards, but um, it was very few and far between that we had anything in those days. So uh, I always had a little crush on him just simply for the part he was written for. Um, his wife is played by Courtney uh, Hengeler, uh, Hengeler, uh, and I, it was bothering me. I, I definitely was like, where the hell do I know this person from when I was watching the movie? Um, because I've been watching a lot of Cobra Kai and she is the mom, you know, uh, Machio's wife in Cobra Kai. So she's great on that. And she, she's perfect in this as kind of like the insecure, icy, meanie mom, suburban lady um, that kind of bites off to more than she can chew. Um, I really didn't recognize anyone else in this from anything. It didn't jump out at me. We can kind of look at their pages. Peter Giles, or Giles, uh, played the scary pilgrim guy. Um, but looking... I guess he's 
done a lot of TV. I think they're all TV actors and I'm not super familiar with them. Uh, Beth Curry was Catherine, um, who I think was the kind of sad mom of Cody's boyfriend. Um, and yeah, TV, TV, TV. Didn't really recognize her. And who else was fabulous? Patience. Uh, the scary pilgrim lady was played by Elise Levisque. I'm really bad with names. I'm going to have to like take some pronunciation classes if I'm going to be trying to say these things. Oh, apparently she's on the Orville. Well, that sci-fi show. Oh, Orphan Black. I liked that show back in 2017. So uh, there is some television shows I have watched, apparently. But maybe that's why I don't know any of these people. So as far as this movie goes, where the hell do I know these people from? It's pretty much Cure Smith for Dawson's Creek and Courtney Hengelgler for Cobra Kai. Um, production notes of interest, I think I'll not do that with this movie. That takes a little bit more research um, to see if anything interesting happened. Again, Into the Dark um, is produced by the television branch of Blumhouse Productions, um, whose founder, Jason Blum, is executive producing every episode. Um, and they're all holiday episodes. So this was the season two holiday episode. I think that's pretty much all that can be said on that. But in the future for more interesting movies, I'm going to definitely check out more production notes of interest. I also won't do much of a synopsis of the plot. Again, it is a feature film length. Um, maybe that's what explains kind of a lot about it is that it really is a TV episode, could have been, you know, could have been said in an email, could have been presented as a 30-minute television show instead of its runtime of an hour and 20 minutes. Um, but a little synopsis I did find on whereveriloop.com. So it's Thanksgiving break, and Anna, Cody's stepmom, decides to make things authentic. She's going to hire some real pilgrims, in quotes, for the festivities. This leads to an eye roll from Cody. Her father, Shane, says nothing. And Tate, the little brother, just happily everyone is at, together at the same table. But what kicks off is a pregame meal uh, that has an uh, with a turkey wishbone, Ooh, actually, maybe I shouldn't have read this plot. Basically, what happens is she's got these pilgrims coming, and Cody thinks it's really lame. She's got all these uh, sort of animosities towards her stepmother. And when she and her brother do the wishbone of the turkey, she wishes that her little her stepmom's pilgrim stunt blows up in her face. Um, so it's arguable that that's kind of a magical element that was the other thing is this film for a horror movie i don't feel like it knew if it was supernatural or if it was bad luck or home invasion or culty it was kind of not focused on 
what part of the five fingers of terror, as I like to call the five sort of major um, things that scare us. I just don't really know if they knew where this one was supposed to land. But yeah, the magic wishbone could have screwed everything up. Regardless, the pilgrims that come sort of kind of take over the house. A lot more crazy pilgrims show up and then, you know, they're doing dunking like in the witch trials. It it does get pretty gory in the end. Uh, But the beginning is a pretty slow burn it's all right again the acting the people that are playing the parts and are really good but it is kind of a weak idea to begin with that i think they landed but um for me it was because of the camp factor and just kind of how funny the thanksgiving horror movie like who does that (laughs) The five fingers of fear to me are psychological horror, um, killers, and slashers fall into that uh, sort of gore, filth, taboo horror. Then there's monster horror, and there's supernatural horror. So for this one, I suppose like the magic turkey bone could fall under supernatural also, where do all these um, culty pilgrim figures start coming out of? And why don't the parents make more of a deal that they're taking over the house? I don't know. I guess it doesn't really fall into supernatural. And they wouldn't be monsters. So I think um, it kind of touches on gore. I, I put in the gore taboo category, kind of like splatter body horror type stuff and it does get very gory at the end which is pretty fun um but it does really come come at the end so you 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 gotta wait for it um but overall i think if it falls into anything uh one of the subsets of the killer genre is home invasion for me so Um, I really think this kind of smacks of home invasion. It almost gave me like weird mother vibes uh, where there's just people kind of like you let them into your house out of politeness or in this case to get an authentic Thanksgiving and then more and more people who are all these people showing up and building things. They're building all this stuff in the backyard like stocks and um a dunking a witch dunking mechanism for the swimming pool so it's it's pretty zany it's a little bit unbelievable but if you can put that aside which i do um for a lot of movies uh it's still fun it's kind of fun but yeah i'd say it's home invasion if if it's anything um Then I always like to ask, is there queerness or feminism in this movie to keep me interested? Because there's a lot of horror movies that are devoid of those things, and I usually don't like them at all because of that. And I don't know if there's much queerness um, in here. Maybe uh, feminism, though. Cody is a really strong character, 
Um, and even the stepmom, you know, comes around. I think they really pull off as like the most fascinating parts of the film. So I would say at least they're strong women to keep me interested. Um, so yeah, the, this movie in the end, I always ask, what do I think this movie and do I recommend it? Um, I think that I liked this movie and I do recommend it. Um, if you like holiday <laughs> themed kind of zany movies, but I think I wouldn't recommend, I would, I don't know. Would I recommend this? <laughs> I guess I'm so on the fence. I promise in future episodes I'll be much more prepared and clear, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'll check out the season one Into the Dark Thanksgiving episode this evening and see how it compares. Um, report back next time. But yeah, that is pretty much how I feel about the Into the Dark episode Pilgrim. It was a good Thanksgiving watch, um, but I don't know if I would watch it at any other time in the year. Well, now that the turkey is stuffed and Jack McPhee's head is on a plate, I say it's about time that we wrap up this episode. Thank you for listening to the very first episode of Gives Me Shivers. I'm Sophie Lynn Shivers, and if you would like to reach out, the podcast's Instagram is at gives underscore me underscore shivers, or you can email podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, try not to shiver with anticipation and keep it creepy, campy, cult, and queer. Goodbye.